The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. And this is the hard shoulder. And if you were listening earlier on, you will have heard us um, talking to Mike Allen from Focus Ireland. One of the things that Mike talked about it was the situation that some rough sleepers find themselves in. And he talked about people who had come over as refugees and the difficulty the system has accommodating them and the implications that has for them ending up being rough sleepers. Well, we have two people whose arrival into Ireland um, fitted that pattern. They're from Croatia. They are brothers, Alan and Jay Bobanach. And they arrived into Ireland as both refugees and rough sleepers. And they have just arrived, uh, just received um, Special Education Achievement Awards from Minister Simon Harris and the uh, Croatian Ambassador to Ireland. And they are both now in possession of master's degrees. Guys, you're both very welcome. The first of you to come to Ireland, I'm right in saying, was you, Alan. Uh, that was me, yeah. How did you arrive here? Well, just to correct you there, we weren't uh, refugees because we are from Croatia. So that's part of the EU. So you can move freely uh, you know, across the borders. But anyway, uh, yes, I came in on October 5th, 2015. And to give you a bit of our background, we come from a small island in Croatia. Um, so in, in the summers, in the summer, uh, the tourists outnumbered the locals 10 to 1. So it seems idyllic. But when September comes and the winter comes, uh, it's a bit... You know, the winters are long and there's not many opportunities. So we always knew we had to go somewhere uh, to make the most of it, you know, for opportunities. So I I was the first one to come here because we, we came on a, I came rather, on a very small budget. I think when, How I, small? Land, How much budget? when I landed, I had about 400 euros. Uh, so I didn't know how long was that supposed to last me. Uh, and, and I lived on about a euro a day. I would buy a few cans of beans you know, peas, anything. And anyway, so when I when I landed here, uh, I was sleeping rough since day one. Where? Uh, it was uh, the Grand Canal. And I was just uh, going going around, giving out my CVs and just trying to find work. And sleeping in a tent, was that it? Uh, I just had a blanket I brought with me. Uh, You'd go around and passing out CVs, looking for jobs, and then spend the night under a blanket by the Grand Canal? Uh, exactly. And did you manage to get a job? Well, it, it took me a long time. It took me eight months to find work. I, 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 when I did find work, that was amazing. And I was still sleep. At the time, we were sleeping in Phoenix Park. So I would get, get up, walk to work, walk back, get some food at, at the soup runs and, uh, you know, repeat. So, Jay, how did you end up coming over? Because it has to be said, a phone call from Alan saying, I'm sleeping under a blanket by the Grand Canal doesn't sound like the most tempting invite to come to Dublin. Uh, no. Well, I tell you, so, as as Alan mentioned, we knew that we had to make this work. And with the limited budget we had, we knew that we had to send one person rather than two. And Alan was that person. And I believe... Uh, one day he worked for Keelings. Uh, it was through... Uh, the fruit people up in North Dublin. Fruit people, yeah. And he made about 50 euros. And uh, he can tell you himself, he walked all the way to Dublin to save those 50 euros, which then he used to buy a ticket for me. And uh, that's how I got here. You walked from Keelings? Keelings is where? Don- it's about past Donna Bay, is that? In the Margaret's, the- yeah. You walked from there to the centre of Dublin City. That's a fair well, hike. Well, I was actually walking on the motorway and then the guard stopped me because a few people had called him. Who is this guy walking on the motorway? And that was to save so the 50 quid for lift. Jay's ticket. 
Uh, yeah, so they gave me a lift to Santry and then I think I walked back to Dublin from there. So when you arrived over, Jay, what situation did you find yourself in? Well, I sort of assumed that Alan had figured something out. Uh, I didn't know what that was. I didn't really want to ask. Uh, so when I came here, uh, I actually, I didn't have any money at all. I, I barely like scraped enough to get the bus to Basel, Switzerland, where uh, the flight was, Ryanair flight was taken up. And uh, I, that was my first flight ever. I, I've never flown before. And my first flight was actually to Ireland. And funny enough, uh, there's a thing, if you don't uh, check in, you have to pay 40 euros to get a boarding pass. And I didn't have 40 euros. So then I had to ask anyone that was around. And I, I asked uh, this random Spanish student, and he ended up giving it to me. And uh, whoever that person was, in a sense, uh, managed to, to help me to get here. So how do you then progress? Because at this point, are you still are you sleeping on the Grand Canal as well or sleeping in Phoenix Park at, at this stage or have you got somewhere to live? Well, no, no, no. We mostly slept, uh, to be honest, with uh, up up in Stevens Green and during weekdays. In the green itself, in, in the park, sleeping in the park, outdoors. Yeah, yeah. And then on the weekends, we would go to Phoenix Park because it was a bit, uh, it would give us more time to sleep in because when you're in Stevens Green, seven o'clock, the sort of the patrol comes and you have to leave. Sometimes... You have to leave at oh, that was one a.m., three p.m., three a.m. and uh, but generally seven was w- when they would open up. And were you both working at the same time as this? No, you see, it, it took us a while to to figure that bit out because at that time you needed an address to do a bank account to do anything really. So uh, I believe I remember actually I got my first job. It was uh, sometime summer summertime of 2016 and uh, Alan got his as, around that time as well so we both slept in Phoenix Park and we would go to the job but it took a while to figure that out just the logistics of it and legalities of it so Alan what's your situation now well it's a stark uh, contrast to what it used to be you know we, we live in a double city center uh we both have master's degrees. We both work uh, as managers for a charity called Tiglin. Uh, and we enjoy our life, you know. And sorry, not being facetious, but when you say you live yeah. in Dublin City Centre, you live in an apartment in Dublin City Centre. Uh, exactly, yeah. So we we try to make things happen, you know. Work hard. We're actually on our second uh, master's. Uh, I'm doing mine with DCU and he's studying in Minuth. So, yes, it's things are fairly good. It must have been a very difficult process to chip your way up into that position because, as you described, the bank account, the first flat, the somewhere, all of that has to be... It's its a long list of obstacles to overcome, isn't it? Yeah, but uh, I must tell you, we had a great uh, amount of help uh, because in about April of 2016, we, we went onto one service. It was a big green bus on O'Connor Street. It was called No Bucks Cafe. And we were homeless guys. And uh, when we went on the bus, it was quite trendy. It was underneath Cleary's clock. We met the chairman of the organization that, that ran it. Aubrey McCarthy was his name. He's here actually with us uh, right now, uh, outside actually waiting. But uh, he gave us a lot of guidance and a lot of support. And he linked us with the charity that eventually ended up providing us with transitional housing and all these different supports. So that was a that was a life changer. So 
we had a lot of support, I must tell you. How did you feel the, uh, how was the experience of being homeless? How did people treat you? Were you, was it frightening? Was it lonely? Well, I could, I, I must tell you that the biggest thing is the uh, elements, the cold, the rain, because we need the warmth. Uh, you and the, you're also very much sleep deprived. You, you go, you have a sleep deficit that carries over and over and over. And then you cold and some evenings are, your feet are a bit frozen. So it's a constant struggle and you're, you're constantly uh, tired. But in terms of people, uh, people were very kind to us. We, we have received loads of help. I, I even remember sitting on a, a Grafton Street, there was five guys. And uh, one random stranger literally walked up just to me and gave me like 10 euros. Just to me. I don't know why he picked me. But there was there was there was plenty of people that supported us, both services and uh, individuals. And, uh, and people will undoubtedly, because of the story that you're telling, be wondering how the the both of you look. You are both much better dressed currently than I am. Like you, you do not look like people who have had to weather that kind of situation for as long as you had to um, weather it. Now equipped with master's degrees, midway through your second master's, the, the question may answer itself. But let me ask it to you um, anyway, um, Alan. Was it worth it? Oh, of course it's, it was worth it because if, if, you're, if you're stuck in life, you can only give it a shot. Uh, and the worst thing that can happen is you fail. And I think when I look back at my life, just coming here, you, you could smell the opportunities. And the worst case scenario wasn't going back. It was just, you know, staying homeless. But again, it, it can be rough at times because I remember telling this to someone, when you're homeless, uh, the future is uncertain. And I remember thinking about this. I was thinking, what if I'm 40 years old and I'm still homeless? So maybe that illustrates uh, your mind when you're living on the street or what happens inside your mind. It is a remarkable achievement. Guys, thank you both very much for coming in and telling your story. That is Alan and Jay Bobinacci. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.